All right. How are you getting on, you will? Can I say you're looking fabulous? <laughs> you're looking well. How long has it been? 20 years? What's the name of the new guy? Martin, is it? Mark whatever. Well, tell me, Terry. <laughs> Can he do silly voices like I used to do for you? <laughs> Can he deliver on a subpar South African accent that verges into Kenyan and he has to just drop the whole thing? Because <laughs> it's, you know, does he? Tell me, is he still a lickout journeyman? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I tell you, he's all laughed. For the right reasons. When I said I was going to sell those Lick Out Master t-shirts, he's laughed. But guess what? Sold out. Sold out. Um, like me, sell out. Um, they've sold out. You know, he's all laughed. And I did even have people say, Tony, look, thank you very much for charging me 25 euro. For an undershirt, <laughs> essentially, that I can never show publicly. That's just, you know, I want to take it back. Stop making it so gross. <laughs> it's not gross. It is gross. It's all gross. I had three t-shirts. Look at this relatable material. Are you ever selling three t-shirts online? One of them says lick out master. One of them says fucking raw. And the other one says fuck the boats. I mean, you know, that's, you know, if you know, that's what they said. But I'm just saying that it's dirty. It's dirty. It's so dirty. Ech, no, don't do no day, 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 day. That's dirty. That's dirty. Put it down. Down. That's dirty. The t-shirts are dirty. Filth. Smut. So what I'm not, I'm going to do in a future episode, not this episode. I'll tell you what this, this is a weird episode, right? I'll explain, you know, I'll explain in a second about that. Um, But, um. I mean, in a future episode, I'm going to sit there with low with, uh, with a change jar, with a swear jar, you know, and just throw throw one in every time I swear. Every time I catch myself having a swear, and we'll see how many. Um, keep doing licking. Hang on, let me just. This is not smutty. I'm running. I've literally run out of things to do to entertain the baby. So, for 15 minutes a day, I was like. Literally just licking because he stares at it. And he tries to grab at it, grab at my tongue. It's the only thing that I could keep him occupied because I couldn't be arsed fucking moving my limbs. So I had him lying there. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then when he would start getting a bit, eh, I'd just bring it up to a different tone. Blah, blah, blah. About 15 minutes. Just how do I, you know, how do I waste your time? I'm looking at this boy. How do I waste your time while you're alive, while you're awake, you know, while you're alive, while you're here, while you're cognizant, while you're present? How do I just waste your time? That's what I'm constantly, that's the daily battle of me. But anyway, um, I'm going to do a swear jar because I'm trying to clean up my, <laughs> clean up my act. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to be an, or, I'm going to be an RTE, hopefully. I need to be clean. I can't be calling out the swears all the time. You know what I mean? And that's not to say that I'm going to lose. I'm not going to lose any kind of, Hey, bro! Ugh, look at <laughs> well, I'm beating myself up here. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm only kind of joking, but I'm also kind of thinking like there is a certain way. You know, I, I used to think, oh, I wish there was just someone who would go on the den and say yes, cunts, you know, or something like that. But that's not. You know, there is avenues of of communication, and there's a speed limit on some of them. I don't fucking know. What I'm talking about. <laughs> that would already be in the swear jar 
I'm going to sit there for whatever, the hour that I do the podcast, and just have about 200 little coins, little coppers. You're not going to get me copper in a swear jar with you. Bob Hoskins. That's me, Bob Hoskins. What are you, a rabbit? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> are you a rabbit, copper? Whatever. I won't talk about Yeah, I'll explain this. So I'm going to be... I'm hopeful. This is the thing, hopefully. Basically, it was meant to be a, a part of a rehearsal for um, this panel show that I'm being a guest on. And the thing is, you're not supposed to say these things. Everything's supposed to be a secret. Everything's like, oh, look, this thing that I've been doing. Oh, you yeah, guys don't know, but I shot a film. You know what I mean? Or you guys don't know that I, you know, I'm doing a TV show or something like that. My, I'm, I'm being a guest on a TV show for a panel show for RT, Clear History. My good pal, Kevin McGarren's on it. Um, It's not Tony's name. I'd say, oh, well, hang on, because I'm on Joanne McNally. I know her, her team. Ruining our policies are horn for... We're not, we're not doing Tony's name in our corner right now, right? We're not getting to that. I'm just saying that I got up this morning to go in to do that. And everything that's done when kind of COVID, within the kind of COVID, you know, world. <laughs> um, everything that happens within the COVID sphere is very meticulous. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things you got to do to whatever hoops you got to jump through. So I had to sign this waiver to do the thing. And it was going to be a rehearsal today. And then as of recording this, shooting it tomorrow. My episode that I'm on. Clear History, where it's a show. It's a panel show where comedians and people from the public <laughs> who aren't. This is, I've established this before. There's comedians. This is this tier. And then just 20, 20 fucking tiers below that are the people from the public. You know. <laughs> no. People, people, you know, put in things from their past they'd like to clear from history. You know, it's a fun it's fun. And um, I got up this morning to go in to do that. I was getting, you know, heading into the studio. You know, no one else is in the studio. It's fine. It's all above board. And I was going to do all my little prep before going into that. And I had a little tickle in my throat. Terry was a bit sick and the boy was getting a bit tetchy. And I'm like, ah, I have a bit, you know, I had to sign this waiver going through all the things. And I'm like, and look, I'm a guy. You're looking at a guy who loves call like, like, I'm not very good at calling sick, but I I really enjoy calling sick, and I also in general love could be Anne, and I'd be like, I don't have to do that. That's fantastic. That's the best news I've ever heard is that I don't have to do that. You know, gigs cancelled. Unbelievable news. <laughs> you know, anything. Oh, they've oh they've actually they've decided to go with another person. Brilliant. That is spectacular news for me. Um, but so. You know, I, so I have a weird complex with it, right? Because I faked it for so long, I'm like, I don't want to fucking call, you know, when I'm actually sick, I've, you know, I, I, t- I talk, I have to kind of think, what would someone who's actually sick say, even when I'm actually sick? I have to think that, right? So this wasn't, I wasn't actually sick, but I'm like, I can't really fill out the form because I do have one of the symptoms, which is a sore throat, and Terry is a bit of fatigue, and she's a sore throat. I think it was a bit of a cold. So I got onto them, and I was like, look, I'm just saying this, and I'm like, I actually said, this producer, I said, look, I'm not calling in sick, but, because <laughs> I'm a child. Look, I'm not, look, listen, you're going to think, but there was actually a dog, and he did actually eat my script, you know. You're going to think that I'm a 33-year-old man. No one's ever going to talk to me like a child again. No one's ever going to talk to me like a child again. 
And I was like, you're going to think I'm, you're going to think I'm calling in sick. And, um, and I said, okay, well, look, because, you know, we have a COVID officer, you know, um, what are they going to fucking do when this is all over? You know, be like the, I just kept thinking COVID, whatever. I'm sure, I'm sure they're doing a great job and I'm sure they're doing a great job and it's a very essential job. And I don't know if it's part of the HSE or how it works or if it's something that happens in, you know, I don't know. I don't know where, where you get hired to be a COVID officer, you know, but the first thing that came to mind and I shouldn't feel this was, you know, I don't remember there was the teacher strike (laughs) back in my day in like second and third year, there was a teacher strike because the most pathetic pathetic uh with this with sip two the union basically <laughs> the union pathetic was like saying right we're not getting paid to watch classes when either a teacher is sick or if there's a free class or something like that and yet we do that so we want to be paid for that and then the government said no and they said right we're going to go on strike and then they brokered a deal where they fucking hired people. We always call them scabs. They hired people. So for a couple of years, if you had a, a class, <laughs> if you had a class where the teacher wasn't in, some fucking randomer off the street would come in and kind of assert some kind of level of authority because they couldn't do anything. They couldn't do. I mean, obviously, they were like the whole thing was like, you know, you can't fuck with them, you know, and you wouldn't. And they wouldn't chat. So they just basically go in read a book you'd sit there read a book you're saying a fucking stranger reading a book and we, we had this guy <laughs> and everyone called him Batman it's like oh sketch here comes Batman and he he just like he he had he was just a bald guy with a beard right and everyone called him Batman and I think it was because his beard had like two kind of like so basically on his chin at the bo- at the middle of his chin, there wasn't kind of much growth, and there was kind of big growth on either side of his beard, so it looked like little ears. His little ears, he looked like upside down <laughs> because of his bald head, an upside down Batman face. I'm like, oh, sketch, here's Batman, <laughs> and they're like, he'd be sitting there reading a book. I'm like, so who's your favorite Batman? <laughs> <laughs> and again they wouldn't say anything. but who fucking brokered that deal imagine that like that's like imagine Mick Collins coming back to Eamon de Valera right after brokering the deal and I was like well what did you what did you get so great news right the war's over great news great did we get the counties back no we didn't right we didn't get anything more but what we've done is now someone else is going to come in and live in the counties that's the only example I can think uh, you know <laughs> I don't know if that's entirely accurate, but I'll tell you, there was too many fucking, there was too too much school strikes, you know what I mean? Too much striking going on, uh, and too many scams, that, that's why I, I didn't do history, I didn't do history, should have done history, I told you, I did all this thing when I did my leaving cert results, I should have just done the things I was interested in, rather than the things that I thought were going to be easy, path of fucking least fucking resistance, anyway, I got on to this, because for whatever re- reason, it made me think, the corona... Corona, COVID officers are of course not scabs and I shouldn't have brought that up or said that out loud but what it made me think of like I, was, I often thought what happened what did those what did those kind of teachers do after that could I have got that job could I get that job now you know I don't want that job Um, I mean like being a scab a COVID officer seems you know 
seems good. You got the high vis. You're like, oh, keep it at two, guys. Keep it at two. Yeah, a bit of a 1.75 there, guys, please. <laughs> I'd just be there with a, with a two-meter pole, just poking people. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Thanks very much. Thanks very much for that. Um, no, but it got me thinking, what are they doing? Where are, hey, where are they now? COVID officers, where are they now? Have they moved on to a different virus? Um, a less popular virus. Who's the cream of the crop? You know? When those COVID officer jobs inevitably, you know, get the chop, you know, who is going to be? It's going to be like, guys, whoever the best COVID officer is, we're going to move over to AIDS. <laughs> he really rose to the ranks of um, in Corona. And now he's covering SARS. I don't know what I'm talking about. Listen, you can tell I'm fucking little chihuahua in a paddling pool because I got nothing to say. Because basically, I um, they got onto the, the COVID officer, and the COVID officer said, uh, "Look, you don't come in for rehearsal. You're perfect enough as it is." No, they said, "Don't come in for for rehearsal. Uh, we need you need to get a COVID test. You need to get a COVID test. Your wife needs to get a COVID test. The baby, the baby's fine. Baby doesn't need a COVID test." Um, and again, I was like a child. I was like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> I was again with the producer. This is like, this is tell this is television. This is to be on the telly. And I'm like, oh, just so you know, I'm not calling sick, but okay, you have to get a test. Oh, whoa. And I said, but my wife, I said, but my wife's in bed. I said, I said, and she goes, well, you know, let me know what, what, she, what she says, you know, let me know if she wants to get the test or not. And Terry, of course, was like, of course, let's do it, you know. So right now, I'm, we got the test, got the big long um, schwab in the nose um, and in the mouth. <laughs> And I'm here. I'm bloody Schrodinger's patient zero, you know, because I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm assuming I don't have. I don't have a temperature. I can taste. Oh, I can taste everything. Um, I am even a little hop house here, and it uh, tastes nice. Um, but basically, um, this episode later on in a couple of minutes. See, this is the thing. The majority of you will have not heard what I'm, you're going to hear later on in this episode, which is my 33 tips for turning 33. Um, basically, I wrote a big long list when it was my birthday there a couple of weeks ago. Because um, on the Patreon, where there is as many, almost as many podcasts now as there is regular episodes, um, I recorded an episode of my top five favorite things uh, when I turned 33. I found this list, 23. So I found this list when I turned 23 of my top five favorite things. Well, I can tell you what they are. You can listen over to Patreon. So I was going to do another revised list of my top five favorite things, just things in general, now that I turned, turned 33. So when I was writing that list, I actually just found myself more so kind of writing Kind of, because I was trying to figure out what had happened in those twenty in those ten years from twenty three to thirty three, so I started like writing kind of, kind of a list of things that I kind of figured out, you know, between the ages of twenty three and thirty three, and, um, and I wrote just pretty much was like writing an email. I remember reading this actually from Tim Ferriss, um, who isn't the best writer in the world, but he's definitely quite prolific in terms of blogs and output and all these various things. He's, he's kind of. He's, he, he he strives so much to be like the kind of perfect man that he becomes quite he becomes quite uninteresting to me personally. But you can't deny that he has these kind of 
optimization secrets and stuff like that. And his technique he found for writing anything that was like non-fiction um, was like worded like you're trying to write an email to a friend, you know, and have that be the kind of, if, you, if you're finding it difficult to find your own prose and find how you write, just write it as an email. And whether that's trying to be funny or, you know, um, authoritative, whatever, whatever you're looking to do, write it as an email. So I wrote this and I wrote, ended up writing these 30, 33 tips for, for life, for things that I've, and you know, I wrote them quite fast. So there's some, oh, there is some filler in there, but there's some in there that I'm like, oh yeah, I suppose I did realize that. And it's nice reflecting on a decade and think, oh, you did actually pick up on stuff even though you still look at yourself like you're a, a you know 16 year old who has an untucked shirt who is constantly late for school who has to make up lies about damaging their penis so that the vice principal doesn't ask any more questions the, the fact that you still view yourself like that you don't realize that no you do actually grow and you do evolve you know and um and decades go by and and, and you know without you realizing that you have actually acquired new information um so I, and I did get very good feedback. I got some good feedback on the Patreon. I got good feedback from friends and family who just said, oh, I like that tip. And I, or what the fuck were you talking about with that one? Um, and, you know, I thought I would release it from behind the paywall. It's also quite handy for me because today I was supposed to be in recording this thing, you know. Um, and I like to kind of release a few from behind the paywall just so you can give you a taste of what's over there. In a place where some people are saying it's even better than the podcast you get here. I've even seen on, on the Reddit slash Tony Cantwell, uh, a Redditor said, uh, Tony seems a lot more relaxed and less eager to please. I think I saw a comment over there. <laughs> so if that sounds good, uh, check that out. Um, but look, I'm also conscious of the fact, so that's coming up in a second, but I'm also conscious of the fact that some people here are patrons. And you might have already heard that episode. So let me tell you, let me spill some tea here. And you'll see the fucking Mandalorian. Have you seen the new Mandalorian? Have you seen the new Mandalorian? Don't even fucking talk to me if you haven't seen the new Mandalorian. you got to be watching the Mandalorian, right? It's the best TV. It's the best TV on TV, right? It is just fucking... I, and you need to watch the fucking making of this show as well. How they're actually doing it. How they're doing it with a green screen. How they're kind of like using video game technology to like map the backgrounds based on where the camera is pointing. Like it's almost like the camera itself is projecting the image based on the kind of direction that it's pointing. That's not what's happening. But they build this massive dome that's like a kind of a projector. So wherever the camera faces, the, 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 the dome knows that's where the camera is facing and just that location will project with the kind of perspective of these locations. It's the technology that John Favreau used to make The Lion King, which whatever, you know, fucking shite, shite. You know my issues with Nala not being sexy enough and that. Speaking of which, in the future episodes, coming up on the Patreon, I'm doing my, finally doing my most fuckable Disney animals uh, competition. So you have that to look forward to and that'll be passing over into this show. I think it'll be a two-parter. Um... I'm not spoiling that, but um, I'll just say, you know, this Nala wouldn't be making, wouldn't even be making the top thousand of of animated uh, animals. Um, but anyway, he used this technology where basically they would animate everything. They would make all of these kind of animals be wandering around the fucking Serengeti. And then they would actually get camera people to like follow this in VR, follow this wearing like fucking Oculus Rift, like... Like they're actually like Attenborough, an Attenborough crew trying to shoot the Lion King from from made up stock footage of animals. That's how they did it, which is remarkable. It doesn't come across at all in the film, and the film is incredibly boring. Um, 
and it loses so much personality by being just animals, you know. And Scar doesn't actually even look like a fucking lion. And actually, funnily, um, something I learned about kids and what kids find funny. We did a Dream Gun film reads. And, you know, Dream Gun, they rewrite scripts, fill them full of jokes and get actors and comedians like myself uh, into to, to read the roles. And we did um, Lion King. <laughs> and there was a bit at the end. So it was an all ages one for kids. So it was a lot of kind of more kind of, you know, easy, easier jokes, still funny, but, you know, easier jokes for kids to, to digest. And the biggest laugh comes from the end. Where Scar, you know, he does the bear. He's meant to be leaning in to whisper, I killed Mufasa. And Scar leans in in this and he goes, do you want to know a secret? I'm a dog. <laughs> and the kids were like, ah, you know, blew their fucking minds. The lion said he's actually a dog, though. Do you remember? You know, they love that shit. Um, anyway. And he did look like a fucking dog. I'm not having to go with you, John Favreau. You're a visionary. I'd love to work with you. Here, I've also made videos. So I know exactly what you're, you know, the struggle of not being appreciated. Why does some not get as many likes as the others? Um, but uh, you need to be watching The Mandalorian. I'm not going to spoil this episode, but it was it was thrilling. And just there's a bit, right, this is just, all right, I'm going to nerd out on a bit of Star Wars stuff here because I can't be talking about in-depth episodes. You know, I probably should do like a Mandalorian podcast but i'm sorry bake off is taking the priority there um but there's some rebels that, that appear in this not a spoiler mando's flying through space and a few rebels show up and this is post um return of the jedi right so there's kind of like rebel space and old empire old imperial space right so they're in the kind of rebel space and it's just fun just to see the rebels there and they're like kind of escorting them and it's not like they're good guys they're also like taking over this airspace and Mando doesn't really follow any creed other than the Mandalorian, right? The Mandalorian people. So he's flying through space and they're like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, you know, he's not, he's not fucking, bef- you know, beholden to them. And then he even says, you know, may the uh, force be, be with you. And he just says it so throwaway, being like, like really, that, that to him is almost akin to like a Zig Hale. You know what I mean? Hale? Who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> Zig Hale. It's him like kind of doing like, not like it's not the same, but it's him having to kind of adopt the the motto of the kind of ruling you know army in 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 this case you know and he's just like i don't give a fuck he's trying to actually flee the rebels you know it's just totally reignited um not even reignited this is its own thing this is fucking better than star wars in my opinion mandalorian here's a fucking hot take for you mandalorian is better than star wars it's definitely better than a new hope right that's all i'll say it probably goes I don't know. I don't know. It's fucking, it's way better. It's just way better. It gets, it just fucking gets it. It gets what George Lucas was trying to do and it gets what appealed to people. There was a fucking, in the latest one, there's a fucking shitty, shitty looking ant called Dr. Mandible in it who's like playing poker um, with, I don't remember her name, but one of the other, you know, recurring cast members. And it looks like a shitty puppet it would have looked shit in 1977 it looks shit now but that's what the aesthetic is it's what jj abrams tried to do but put too much fucking polish on it in the force awakens i'm not talking about this too much anyway get on mando it's the best thing to happen to star wars in the last 50 years anyway um anyway here before before i let you go um i have this very special tony's name drop corner here we go is it louis walsh 
Oh, oh no, he's the horn for. Let's find out in Tony's name drop corner. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, you won't lie from measure me there. Was little we was sure, Bono he the horn for. Let's find out in Tony's name corner. Fucking fucked it up. Here we go. Um. Yeah, look, I don't know if you saw the latest Bake Off podcast. Basically, me, uh, pr- producer, pod, uh, pod partner, uh, Jordan, a uh, lovely fitting uh, tribute to the, the lovely Lottie, the, the, the funniest, uh, smartest, kind. <laughs> Did I say funny? Baker uh, on Bake Off. And, um, and she saw it and she was like, uh, she said, thanks, thanks very much. So there you go. I mean, it, you know. I did say at the very end of the episode, you know, Lottie, if you do want to message me online, that's fine. Is she like queuing on, reading between the lines? Anyway, you'll hear loads about it on the Bake Off podcast coming up on Thursday. But for now, listen, look, listen, live and enjoy this. Hopefully you don't mind the last half an hour of my shite on. That's really for the patrons, for my beloved patrons. I still want to give you your money's worth. You fucking live. Fucking you think I never give up on you? I think I never give up on you. So, um, but for those who haven't heard this, hopefully you enjoy this Patreon from behind the paywall podcast, my 33 tips for turning 33. And I'll see you next week. All the best. All right. How are you getting on? How are you? Happy birthday. It's my birthday. Happy birthday to you. You live in a zoo. <laughs> You look like a monkey And you smell like one, two And many more things I could say about you (laughs) It's my birthday today It's my birthday as well And I can't prove this But I feel like Kind of feel like everyone knows it's my yeah, like there's something. This is the uh, as an attention-seeking child of divorce. This is the day I become the sun, and I mean S U N, of which all the planets rotate around. I feel like this is the point where there is like a there is some sort of cosmic wave that's all pointing directly towards me. And everybody, something something weird. What, what's going? Oh, it's Tony Campbell's birthday. That's what I feel like. You know, my birthday was handled handled with such care. To make sure it was perfect by my parents, like like with those fucking nuclear reactor gloves. That's how I was handled. Like uh, like I was Bart in that episode of The Simpsons where you know he can make things change with his mind, and they give him everything he wants. You know, it's like uh, well, you know, I actually wanted Gizmo, uh, not um, what's his name, Stripe. What is his name? That's embarrassing. I don't know that. Stripe. Yeah, Stripe. I remember I got Stripe instead of Gizmo for Christmas. And I honestly, my ma looked at me with such fear like she was going to turn into a, turn into a fucking jack-in-the-box. Um, but um, but I've grown up now. I've grown up now. It isn't. It doesn't have to be, you know. It doesn't have to be all about me, <laughs> you know. And it doesn't get to be because my niece and my mother-in-law have a birthdays within the last two days. I said it If you fucking take this away from my birthday. Now, to be fair, the little boy, the little boy laughed to see such fun, my son, when he stole uh, my wife's birthday when he arrived uh, a few days before then. 
And to be fair, I could have just still done more, but we were very tired. We were very tired. I got her some nice presents, but I could have been more, you know, a bit of bunting. She's got a bit of bunting in there for me. This is happy birthday, it says on it. So, you know, I could have done. I could have done the same. But, um, so what I've decided to do for this episode, I'm recording it here from home. We're in the midst of lockdown P2. That means part two. I'm punctuating it here for a bit of brevity. Um, we're in the midst. <clears throat> so I'm back using my old mic, the one where you can actually hear me. You know, still can't fucking get the grips on the other one now. And don't be getting on to me, you, you, you very nice sound engineers, and say you want to do it for me. I have to learn. I have to learn. I have to learn. <laughs> See, the fact you can hear the fucking yobbos outside, that's why they're not yobbos. Should be wearing a mask, though, little fella. Huh? Two lads on their mountain bikes. I don't see any blue mountains here. In, uh, I'm not telling you where I fucking live. But I've already given it away. The fact there's no mountains. Um, ah, no, come here to me. I am, for this podcast, I'm recording this at home. I am wedged in between a changing table and an Ikea Kallax. There's no, I'm using the, the Kallax is on its side. And as you know from a Kallax, you know, it's the Ikea one with the squares. It has the squares inside it. Um, I can't put my knees in there. So my shins are just mashed into the Kallax. And my good chair that Terry made me leave, get rid of, and put in my office is not here because I've got to move it. <laughs> anyway. Oh, who's that? Sorry, just the birthday messages coming in. I told you, people just know the antenna's going, Tony Campbell's going to freak. This just in, Tony Campbell will freak if you don't recognize his birthday. Um, anyway, look, so what I've decided to do, um, I don't know why I thought of this. I was going to do um, my initial plan. Get to the fucking Gary. Leave it. I think Gary pops up a bit more at home when I do these home recordings because of the, um, you know, it's not all business. Going to the studio, it's all business. Here, I'm like, have I, is there, is there is there a rogue bag of shit somewhere here? Do you know what I mean? Is there just a rogue bag of poo that I, in the middle of the night, didn't put in the bin? You know, that's just kind of why. So Gary's creeping in there. But anyway, let me, let me get to the fucking point is that, I originally, what I wanted to do, as you know, about, um, actually, sorry, where are my bloody manners over the wall picking up shite? You, my beloved patrons, who have made this the happiest of birthday, all 800 of you, 800 people, 800 people buying a ticket to this shite conference every month. I cannot, I cannot thank you enough, honestly, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very much. You've made this a particularly, um, a particularly uh, important birthday to be validated uh, <laughs> financially as an artist on the day. But what I was um, so let me t- get to the point and tell you what I'm talking about here. As you know, as a patron, you would have known that a couple of months ago, if you listen to it, no, I'm only missing. I don't get to see who listens to what on the Patreon. Um. I did a thing where I listed off my top five favorite things um, that I, a list that I wrote when I was 23. And what I was going to do was write a list um, now that I'm 33 um, of all of my top five favorite things. On the previous list was things like fried chicken, Star Wars, magic, tits, and I think video games is in there as well. Um, so I was going to write a new revised list. Probably things like, you know, the laugh of my son 
um, you know, um, the last roasty from my partner, <laughs> you know, um, things like this. But then I was like, I can't, I, I can't be arsed doing that now, right now. So what I did do, uh, which for some reason I found easier. I got you get thinking about on your birthday, you know, or at least I do. I spend my entire day thinking about myself. So um, I was thinking about myself kind of along the lines of when I was trying to write this list of the top five things that now I find what would be the differences between me now and the differences in my priorities when I was 23. And then I started like writing down a list of stuff and I started doing a kind of morning pages thing and I was just writing kind of at myself. I just found myself doing that in like um, for like half an hour. And I was trying to write notes and I just found myself actually listing off things that I would actually tell myself when I was 23. So what I ended up writing here uh, was 33 tips that I would give my past self for a more fulfilled uh, and enjoyable and stress-free life. And I'm not going to lie, it was pretty easy to do because they're shit. <laughs> they're, they're shit tips. But they're not even necessarily things that I have adopted now. I suppose this is a list of the 33 things that I do occasionally that I notice have the biggest positive impact in my personal happiness. No, maybe that's too grand. They're just tips, but I don't fully obey them all. But I still think I can speak to them. You know, I'm not necessarily making... I'm not a fucking hypocrite, Gary. Jesus, he's encroaching. It's my birthday. You're in the auditorium. You just popped your head up here. We're all here. It's Tony Camel's birthday. You're being laughed at if you try and get involved here, right? So fucking pipe the fuck down. Anyway. These are my 33 tips for turning 33 on this. The b -b 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 bonus Cantwell. She show. It's Tony Cantwell She Show. And I know, and I know, and I know, and I know. That the show is Tony Cantwell She Show. Uh, <laughs> uh, lovely stuff there. Thank you very much, Tristan Carroll, the official music man. I come from far away. What do you play? He plays piano. Um, well, he plays loads of stuff. He's a multi-instrumentalist. Get on to Tristan Carroll if you need some cool beats. And Kian Conde. Do you come from a Kian Conde who does the uh, theme song for um, the Bake Off podcast that I do? Thank you very much. What a fantastic community of incredible creators. And I'm glad that th these are the sort of people who are listening to this pod. Fantastic creators, because I think I have a lot of tips in here that are to do with uh, a creative process and f being a bit forgiving of whatever your creative process is. Now, again, I make little silly dumb little videos. I barely finish things. As you know, I have so many videos on my YouTube channel or Facebook that say the blah, 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 part one of, you know, 10. And then it only ever ends in part one. So, you know, and none of my tips here are finished things. I think I think having loads of part ones, whatever, whenever that's just what you do. Do you know what I mean? So there might be a bit of Gary getting in here, right? And I'm going to try and point him out in the auditorium, put a spotlight on him, do what my old um, teacher, Mr. Connolly, did. And if you didn't know what where you were in the book, you just put, all right, stand up. That's it. Just stand up. You just have to stand there for the rest of the class. It wasn't like crazy punishment. It wasn't like in that scene in Payback with Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson where he's like, you have to hold the bags out at, 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 at uh, you have to hold out your bags in like, what, what am I saying? Fucking hold out these two bags and if your shoulders drop, he's going to shoot you. And the lads are shaking, holding the bags. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that. You just stand up. But you still point and laugh internally at the person. So it was a good whatever. Anyway, moving on. Um, 
these tips are my own. Um, and then here's here's the first one, right? These are in no particular order. Um, but I think they get worse <laughs> as it goes along. The nature of anything. I haven't jumbled it up, you know. But, you know, you got a lot of enthusiasm at the start. And then just... Um, and look, I don't know how fucking funny these are going to be. But whatever. This is what we're this is what we're doing. It's my birthday, right? <laughs> All right, number one, right? If you have a hobby that you love, get, get a lesson in it. Get lessons in it. I cannot explain how much of a difference it could be. Well, I can. I will try here. The, the difference, if you are messing around with something for 10 years without any direction, yeah, you'll get better at it. You'll become a better skateboarder. You'll become a better um, guitarist, you know, artist, whatever it is, you know, writer. But if you got a lesson from someone who's so, they're not, not their hobby. This is their sole focus in life is to be better at something. Get tips off them. I guarantee that few tips off them, had you had that 10 years ago rather than noodling around on your own, you'd be 50 times as good as you are now. Let people educate you. Invest in the hobbies. Your hobbies are class. Um, and you want to get that sweet spot. The whole thing, they talk about flow state. Flow state is when you are doing something that is just, you know, you know the grand scheme of flow state, but how you achieve flow state is by doing something where it's something that's a little bit cha too challenging, but you're just within your grasp because you can almost see exactly what it is you're supposed to be getting and you're almost there. I used to start messing around with the guitar, trying to learn songs that were too complicated. And I'd be like, no, this is overwhelming. I'm bored. And then I'd put down the guitar for like two months, you know, or open up uh, a music making software on, you know, the computer, like a DAW or something like that. Fruit Loops, Cubase, something like that. Try and make beats on it. Realize that, no, this is too complicated. Now I don't understand this. And then be like, this isn't for me. It's not that. Get someone who knows what they're talking about to drip feed you the information at a pace that you can handle in your ability at your level. And it will, honestly, 50 times make, you know, what it, <laughs> it'll, it'll improve you. It'll, it'll, it'll dramatically improve your ability in that particular hobby. I can't tell you how much of a difference, even just looking at a scale on, um, you know, YouTube scales for the guitar. You know, I still don't even fucking know what they are, but even just doing that or, you know, looking at a few chord techniques, things like that, looking at where things are, looking at where, what, what, what it means to actually be a C chord and a G chord, things like that, you will just be able to see a much wider field of the whole general hobby or sport. Number two, if a fucking prequel or a sequel comes along that that you don't like, right? If someone comes along and they're like, what, he's directing the new Batman? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It cannot take away. What happened was you saw a bit of art and you were moved by it. That will never be taken away from you that will never and people can do whatever they want people right now i used to fantasize right if i just if i became a billionaire right i decided because i hate watch i hate watching coronation street i would buy coronation street i thought this when i was a child buy coronation street and then make them all just fucking kill each other right this is just a fantasy of a 13 year old boy and then they'd be like and that's the end then it's the end of coronation street because i owned it so that would be me you know not realizing that's gonna be like well i don't no you're not doing that i don't care fucking how much money you have Although you could definitely do it for a billion. But anyway. Well, what? This wasn't my point. <laughs> I was like, on to this. Um, yeah, any decision can be made. Any mad, insane decision can be made for money, right? And and your nostalgia for things can certainly be milked. And it can be exploited. But it shouldn't and can't. Although it does take it away. It just does take it away. It does take it away. I can't watch The Empire Strikes Back now without thinking like fucking... 
oh, is that the Yoda that was a puppet once and now it's and then was CGI and then it was a puppet again? <laughs> you know? How come Luke is too old to begin the training and Anakin, who was six, was also too too young to begin the how young you know what I mean? It just is ruined. But try and make it not ruined. <laughs> More so like if someone if someone's directing a new Batman, they're like, you know, oh, that's just their take on Batman. It doesn't take away from Christian Bale. It's not like Batman's ruined. You know what I mean? They're going to bring back Iron Man, right? They're going to bring back Iron Man, right? Robert Downey Jr. is going to suit up again. And Chris Evans is going to suit up again as Captain America. And the perfect closure that they had uh, at the end of Endgame is won't be ruined okay it won't be ruined let them do whatever they want with their billions it's not going to take away from the fact of how unbelievably happy and balding i was at the end of endgame when i was in the cinema that's all i'm saying because i know some people listen to this who haven't seen the end um third one if a new game or a new console comes out right notice for a fact you're buying into the hype you're not buying into what you're getting here early released games for consoles are usually shy right and it's not going to make you. It's not going to make you unbelievably happy. What you're buying in is to the hype, so that you can be part of conversation. So know that if there's a game that you don't normally buy, but everyone's talking about it, you want to be into the hype. Know that you haven't played the last twenty fucking Fifas. What's going to change now? Nothing's going to change now. Well, you're just going to develop a habit of setting up, you know, a new, you know, team team manager game. I don't even know what it's fucking called. You know, the solo game where you manage a team. Yeah. Well, look, don't get wrapped up in the hype. Wait for the new games to come out for the PS5. Know that you're buying into the hype and be patient. There's probably so much more that you can still be playing right now of things you really do enjoy. And you'd be a lot happier doing that. I've spent so many different £60 on games that I got caught up in the hype, right? Maybe look at why... Maybe maybe you're just anxious. (laughs) Maybe you're just anxious about something. All right, number four. Be the hat guy. Be the hat guy. If you're worried about being the hat guy, wearing a new hat in your 20s or 30s, and you're like, what, you never wore a hat before, what's this hat guy? Be the hat guy. Trust me, it'll take two days, and everyone will get used to you being the hat guy, and you won't even be like, they're not going to make a big song and dance about you being the hat guy, but don't be fucking worried about wearing a new top, wearing a new hat. People are so fucking fickle and flaky, and they will drop this obsession with you trying something new, or a new haircut. Just do it. Wait till they see how you carry yourself different, and sexy with your new fedora. Number five, um... If you've never worked hard at something, <laughs> you're going to find it hard to work at something, even when it's your dream job. Now, I say this from experience where I never worked hard at nothing, really. Well, no, look, I'm like, you know, be kind to yourself. I always kind of thought, right, as soon as the dream situation comes along, of course, I'll find my stamina. I'll find my energy. I'll find my enthusiasm to do it. I just want to be left alone to write something, write a screenplay. That was always the thing. If, if, I, if I just get to the level where I'm paid to write, for, write a screenplay, I know that's when I'm going to happily check in at nine o'clock and finish at six and get put those hours in. I won't even take breaks. I know that. That's not how it works, right? Putting things off, procrastinating is a habit, and it's a very difficult habit to break. So if there's a job that you do that's in any way in line with something you really want to do, know that by you getting up early or you rocking up and and working hard at that, that you are actually building the muscle to work hard at the thing that you want to work hard at. It's difficult to start from not really doing it and or just half-assing something to then full-assing something that you really want to do. That's just what I found in my experience. You could be completely different and it could be completely different in, you know, you could be in a fucking job where you really don't want to be, that you could be half-assing, but then you get called up to be on a professional footballer. I don't know. 
But I've definitely found from experience that the bad habits that you pick up doing something you don't want to do can follow you through into the things that you really do want to do. Um, and speaking of which, work in 25-minute bursts. Number six, work in 25-minute bursts. Do not be beating yourself up if you can't sit there for two hours. Work for 25 minutes, get up and do a break. Give yourself 25 minutes seems just to be the sweet spot. It's the Pomodoro technique. I don't know how it works. It just works. I cannot tell you how much it has helped me do the work that I really have been putting off and didn't want to do. I'll just And just speak to yourself calmly. Say, all I'm going to do is do 25 minutes. There's a timer there in the corner. When that goes up, I'm just going to get up, walk around, get a bit of energy um, or get a bit of air in my lungs and stretching in my legs. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to do it. Just 25 minutes. Works great. Um, seven, put a note in your notes app called costumes. And whenever you think of a costume that year, put it in there. You always get to you always get to September. You're like, what can I do? What will I do? What were the big things this year? What would be a good costume? Put it in the costumes thing. You only do one a year. You shouldn't be half-assing your costume. And this is I'm fucking screaming at myself in the mirror here saying this. I haven't fucking even thought of a costume. I always don't have a costume. I always think of them during the year. I'm like, here, Terry, do you know what they should do? And then I don't think of the costume. And then I uh, rock, rocks up a Halloween and I don't, ha- I don't have that costume, right? So whether it's fucking Zombie Tiger King or whatever it is, you know, just have it in, have it in a little notes app. And that applies to everything. Jokes. <laughs> Put it in a little notes app, right? Cate- category notes app that you go back to. Imagine having a notes app that you've been go- dipping back into. My my very good friend Shane, he's got all of his shit jokes saved in his notes. And whenever just there's a little conversation or even when no one asks for it, he'll just whip it out. And it's terrible, terrible jokes. Um, number eight, give romantic interests uh, a few first uh, impressions. Give uh, When you're in a romantic situation, uh, sometimes it can take you a while to... If you go by the first impression, you might be swiping left? I don't know, I've never been on Tinder. You're swiping the wrong one. You might be swiping in your mind if, you know, you're in a romantic situation. And definitely as you get older, things are like, nope, that's a definite, that's a hard out for me, no way. Um, but... Give people a couple of first impressions. Give people a, a couple of chances because, you know, I found certainly in the happy relationships that I've been in um, have been ones where I'm like, you know, ah, we'll see how this goes. Ah, we'll see. How- <laughs> Not to say that I want to give my wife a second chance, but I'm like, ah, I wouldn't mind trying this. You know, you don't have to be 100 percent sure about de- delving, you know, headfirst into something um, before, you know. You don't have to fully fucking commit, Tan. You know what I mean? Just give people a couple of chances. I find good relationships are like uh, albums. My favorite albums are albums that I was like, I don't know, this is a bit different. This is kind of low out. I don't know if this is exactly in line with the person I am. And then you realize, no, this album is just changing me. and making me become a better man and Pinkerton's fucking greatest album of all time. That's the kind of vibe you need to be going for. That's what I find anyway. Number nine, streaks actually work. It actually works. And if you go 100 days off of cigarettes, you won't want to do, you won't want that to go back down to zero. If you've done um, seven days on the trot of getting up and uh, weighing yourself, even though you probably shouldn't do that, you should only do that once a week. Um, say, all right, if you've done four weeks of getting up and weighing yourself every single week, you know, you don't want that to go back to zero. Get that up to 10, you know. If you have done anything, if, if you have been journaling every day um, uh, for 100 days, just don't break the streak. That's what Jerry Seinfeld does. He writes new jokes every single day. He has not broken the streak, even when he's been extraordinarily ill uh, in various times in his life, like had the flu. He has never broken the streak of writing jokes. Every single every single day he gets up and he marks an X off his calendar. 
So uh, it does work. It does work. And there's some good apps for it. There's one called Streaks. Um, there's other various to-do apps. Or you could just, you know, retro retroactively put it in your uh, Google Calendar or Apple Calendar or whatever that you did it. That you did the, the deed that job. And then you can just see all those see all those kind of colored bars on your calendar. And it makes you feel like, oh, wow, I'm actually fucking doing stuff. It's awesome. Um, um this is a bit of a weird one, right? Uh, this is kind of in line with the <laughs> in line with the habits number ten, right? Um, how you work is how you work, right? How you work is how you work. Be even fucking sound to yourself. That's just that's how you work. Yes, there are probably habits that could help you get to where you are, but they're very. I feel like habits and focusing on habits is like. 10%, 90% is just who you are as a human. And especially if you've got 20 years of having done something a certain way or 30 years, new habits might help a little bit, but they're not going to help dramatically. Don't put as much focus in habits. Know that there's certain ways that you work, but know that there's ways you could probably improve. But just be kind to know that that's how it works. You're not going to out of nowhere. If you've never been able to submit something to a deadline in two days, then don't say you can do it in two days. Do you know what I mean? If you've never been able to do it before, of course, it's always you know time to challenge yourself. But, you know, don't put yourself in situations that you're going to beat yourself up. Know how you work and adapt to the work that you take on based on how you work. You want to be happy at the end of the day. Um, 11. And I tell you, 11, as I as I stare out at where the fucking, at the fucking Dublin City Council stole my bike. They stole my bike. My brother-in-law even saw them stealing that. I need to get on to them about it. And he was like, hey, what are you doing over there? And they were like, no, this bike's been here for ages. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's my bike. That's why I leave it. Anyway, my number 11 was um, cycling is great and it's dead cheap. And um, you can get you can get a lot of awesome independence. If, you, if, if there is in any way your happiness linked with, even if it's just a small thing where you get on the bus, you're like, this is fucking shit. If that happens once a week or to Lewis or something like that, Think about getting a fucking bike. Just think about getting a bike. I put it off for years. I was a bit scared being on the road. Didn't feel confident on the road. Um, just follow other people who aren't as scared as you. That's what you do. You just get on a bike and just follow them. Cycle on the road is class. It's dead cheap. It's so independent. Uh, and you feel great. Um, so I need to get a new fucking bike. Um, number 12. This is a vague one, right? We live in a society that values certain things. Um and kind of devalues others. Just, just, just remember that, right? And don't, don't, don't know, know that you don't have to fucking fully buy into that. And I was thinking about this one after listening to Blind Boy's podcast when he was talking about how he, um, when he, you know, being a kind of messer in class, he was kind of training and making people laugh. He was training. He was training these skills in a situation or in a, in an environment that didn't cater for them. So it looked quite abrasive and it looked quite, you know. You know, it it looked like it didn't belong. And he probably felt like he didn't belong. And there was definitely times where I felt like I didn't belong. But there were aspects of training being done. So there are other aspects of training being done in every single part of how you live. It's a shame that things aren't kind of being focused that way, you know. Like we don't have more kind of practical kind of exams in school and everything like that. You know, people learn things different way. People are smart um, and don't have as much education in other aspects as other people. But just know that we do live in a society where that isn't entirely even. And some people's skills are valued over other people's skills. So just remember that. And don't beat yourself up if you feel dumb in a situation. If you feel like 
you don't have as much skills as other people. Know that that's focused something in, in, in another direction. Even if that's just an encyclopedic knowledge of the speedrunning community in Mario 64. Look, it's fucking pointless information, but you do have that over so many other people. Um, number 13, having less clothes means you'll probably have nicer clothes. You're... You'll, you'll look after fewer clothes if you've got seven pairs of socks. Not even that. Five pairs of socks. You should be washing more than once a week. Washing your clothes more than once a week, right? I don't do this. I am I have been infinitely at war with washing, right? And I just grab stuff off the rail. I grab stuff, whatever I can grab. And right now I'm just wearing a t-shirt and jeans. I have loads of nice shirts in there. I could have made it a day where I carried myself with a little higher level of confidence with one of my nice shirts. Didn't put it on. Grab something there that was just off the rail. If I didn't have a t-shirt... If I just had that, if I had a nice t-shirt, you know, my nice t-shirt, I'm just wearing a shitty t-shirt right now, you know, having fewer clothes means you have to look after your clothes and you'll know what your wardrobe is. You'll know what matches with other stuff. Grabbing stuff off, it's fine and it's fine to be comfortable. But if you do want to improve your wardrobe, get rid of most of it and like the bits that you like and put that at the front of the rail or front of the drawer. And make sure that you're grabbing that on a regular basis. Make sure that your shit clothes are invisible or just there for the times that you want to chill out, chillax on the couch. Um, number 14, get a load of lemons. When life gives you lemons, get a load of lemons. I've already said this on the podcast. Get loads of lemons. My wife introduced this concept into, into the family. Having a shitload of lemons. Put it in the water. Put it on a bit of fish. Have a load of lemons on a bowl. My mate Dan came over to the gaff there a few years ago and he said, oh my God, what's the story about the lemons? I love it. And I'm like, we just have lemons. <laughs> It just makes you look like a classy fucker, right? Just get a load of lemons, put them in a bowl. You look great. Um, 15. This is a personal one, right? But I find myself sometimes falling out of love of music. Not falling out of love. Falling out of habit of listening to music, listening to podcasts. And I find myself using that time when I'm listening to podcasts, not thinking because I'm listening to what I'm, you know. And I think podcasts are great. Of course I do. You know, this is a built a career now off, off of this. But I do find sometimes having a break from podcasts is very beneficial for my mind, personally. Going back into music. Finding music that you loved growing up. Finding new music. I find you can... I think a lot more when I walk around listening to music. And let yourself think. You know what I mean? If, if you're listening to music, you're still not left alone with your sick, sick thoughts. <laughs> you have music. But know that you have music. Just That's just for anyone who has maybe stopped listening to music. You might actually, if you, when, when you find it again, you'll probably be like, Jesus fucking Christ, why, why do I stop listening to music? You know? Um, when, oh yeah, number 16, right? When you are, um, yeah, when you, venting is very beneficial, but you might not want to vent to someone. You might want to say something that you didn't want, maybe your, your SO, significant other, to hear, or something that you're a bit worried about, how to phrase it. You don't really have, because sometimes you, you've, I, I found, found myself venting years ago into my 20s. And I'd start venting. And just because I had someone's ear, I would start saying stuff I didn't even mean. Because I, and I didn't really know how I felt. And then I was like, well, I've said that out loud. Is that what I mean? It's like, no, you're just venting. And there's a lot of things that are factors of that. You're tired. You maybe have eaten something that's <laughs> giving you a bit of a sugar crash. Genuinely, these are all things that affect your mood. And then you have someone's ear and they're like, no, but what is it? And you start saying something that you don't even necessarily mean. Of course, that's a perfect cop-out as well. Didn't mean it. But also, you might say something you don't mean. Vent to yourself as well. You can vent to yourself. You can just fucking get out a notes thing, start typing away. And I've found that when I vent at myself, I'm I in the same paragraph, I'm the person calming myself down and making me realize that it's fine. You sometimes need to get it out there. You know? This is shit. I don't like this. This is... I don't like the pressure from this. I have to do this, this, and this. And then you're like, well, actually, that's fine and totally within my control. And if I just change my attitude on it, I'll probably actually feel a lot better. 
So if you vent at yourself, you'll probably also get to pat yourself on the back for being the person who calmed the person down. You. You know, if that makes sense. Um, if you're making something, 17, if you're making something, right, make it with the worst tech that you have, right? You There is no quick tech solution. You don't need a 4K camera to start making it. You don't need a... a Maybe a cheap USB mic if you, at the moment, are using your phone. Most phones are good. But, you know, there's a lot of incredible things that have started on a lot worse tech. See and flesh it out and then think, right, if there's something that can improve this a little bit. It should only really improve it a little bit if it's solely defined by the tech. Now, having said that, if you don't have a smartphone and you want to get on TikTok and start making stuff, then that is an essential bit of tech. But you can do a lot with cheap tech. And keep that in mind and... Maybe even just focus on one thing that you want to, you know, improve upon with tech. You know, you don't need, I don't know. That's just, I spent a lot of money. Um, and then again, because you, I spent money, I put a lot of pressure on me. And then when I couldn't figure it out, I bought this new tech and it seemed complex, complex, convoluted. I didn't get any lessons in it. Then I'd be like, why did I do this? Why didn't I start with something rudimentary that I understand and how to use? Um, if you don't understand Photoshop, make it on something else. Make it on MS Paint. Jim will paint it on Twitter. Makes amazing art on Paint. Hugh Cooney makes amazing art on MS Paint. If there's something you understand, get as good as you can on that and then get lessons in a thing that can excel the skills. Don't think that is going to be a quick tech solution to improving. I don't know if this is fucking funny, <laughs> but this is just what I was thinking about. If I could go back and say this, this is some lessons I've learned in the last 10 years. Um, another one here. Driving's actually really easy and it's so class and it's 10,000 times better than getting the bus or the Lewis anywhere. Um, and you feel like a big swinging dick. Even though I'm a 33 year old man, I still feel like that kid. You know, when you're one of your mates is like the first mate to be driving, and he comes to pick you up, and he walks in swinging the fucking keys like a big cock, being like, "Hey, I'm a big man." Flirting, with, you know, he's now he's flirting with your man, being like, "How you doing, Carla? Oh my god, this little fella, huh?" You know, same age. You might, you might even be younger than you. You know, but I still I feel that level of confidence now. I feel like he was even fucking cooler than me then, than I than I am now. You know, um, it's a it's a cool it's definitely a confidence booster driving in a car and i can't tell you the level of pride that i have driving around my car with a little kid in the back and my wife there and she's now looking on her phone now she's not worried about me driving into and smashing into the back of a bus she's now confident enough that she's not having one hand on the fucking <laughs> brake and one hand on the door um next up here um it's a weird one right but i do it does happen sometimes right 19 um question why you think things about people right um it's a weird one right basically why like why do you think things about certain groups why if there's some people from a certain country do you think things you know what i mean like even if it's a bunch of uh americans a bunch of americans walk into a bunch of americans walk into a room you know you know you spot an american they have a cap and you're like uh-huh huh. well you might think something you know why why no, no, i'm not laying it down right a bunch of spanish students on the back of the bus why do you think something do you know what i mean and like why are what are you what are you know just Rather than having a kind of reaction, did some did some uncle tell you something fucking weird? You know what I mean. I think I said this in the pod recently. You know, did you did did someone make a joke about Polish people? Did someone make a joke about travelers? And now you kind of have a weird feeling or something like that. Try and analyze where it comes from because if you if you do actually think about it, you'll probably realize it's not there's there's nothing based in any personal experience or probably even anything that anyone's even said to you. But yeah, you still might find yourself a bit weird. <laughs> I don't know. Am I just a fully... Am I the only one thinking this? Am I just admitting feeling sometimes <laughs> racist sometimes? Am I just admitting racism here? But you know what I mean? Like, why... 
why do you feel the way you feel? Try and just question it. And I found a lot of the time questioning things. I'm like, I don't know why I think that. So, yeah, it's gone. Do you know what I mean? They're just Spanish students. They're just over here. They're have, they're, they came to our wonderful country to learn more about it, to educate themselves. And just because of the nature of their flap, ah, sound, that might be a bit annoying. But don't, don't let it be annoying. That's their beautiful language. It's stunning, you know? I'm sure if that was said, whispered in your ear with a, you know, uh, you know, a lovely partner, you'd probably think that's the most beautiful language in the world. So don't mind the guy, you know, eating licorice on the back, speaking Spanish. Just saying. <laughs> Just question why you think the things that you think. And you'll probably dispel most negative ones. You'll probably get to the root. You'll probably realize there's no root of it, which means that you can get rid of it. Do you know what I mean? If that makes sense. I'm a big racist. Anyway. Um, moisturize that face, honey. <laughs> Number 20. Moisturize that face, hunty. Um, I I moisturize now. <laughs> I, moisturize. I spent years not moisturizing. I love moisturizing now. I love rubbing my face. I love focusing on my face. I feel much fresher getting into bed. I feel like I've achieved more. I feel like it's more closure for the end of the day. Having a routine. Having a nighttime routine. Um, so I enjoy having a nice warm cloth and kind of getting a little muslin cloth. And a nice little kind of you know, rub my face with some face wash. And then put a bit of moisturizer on it. You know, and I've noticed the differences between not doing that. So there, I think uh, any most young people now do fully moisturize. Now I'm of the last generation who didn't, but I feel much better having done it. I wish I did it sooner. So there you go. Number 21. If you're walking by a florist and you haven't have like a tenner, just go in there and say, hey, what can I get for a tenner? You can do it with most things. Say, what can I get for this? Don't let anyone be like, you know, don't say you want a beautiful bouquet and be like, what, 60? Oh, my God. Just say, I only got a tenner. Usually you can get a couple of nice wildflowers and a bit of grasses. They're all cheap. The grasses ones with the big things that look like, you know, on the beach, like wheat and stuff. And it looks good. And you can make someone's day by giving them flowers. Some people love that shit. Some people don't. <laughs> Some people fucking don't. My ex hated flowers. She used to leave. She left them on the bus. She left them in people's gaffs. My current partner, Terry, uh, loves flowers. Uh, and if I just, when I think of it, it, it makes her, it does make her happy. She likes it. Um, You know. You don't have to have you like these mind me of you because they're nice and you're nice and all shit like that, right? If you just people like flowers, I don't know why I I don't like them. <laughs> okay, it's like why don't you give me fucking chicken, you know, uh, chicken filler roll? I'd much prefer that, you know. Terry made me breakfast roll this morning. You know, same kind of thing. <laughs> Be nice. Um, number twenty-two. Um, yeah, number twenty-two. No one, no one knows to sit. No, no one knows what to say when someone dies. Um, especially when you're younger, no one really knows what to say. And I often found myself thinking, right, do I have to, you go into it with the mentality of like, it's a social media post, you know? Oh, I can't just say what everyone else is saying. I can't say something cliche. Like I am so sorry. I'm here for you if you need that. And that's what everyone else is saying. I need to think of something. Don't be fucking trying to be, be cliche. Cause you all, all you're trying to get across, you not. it's like not even totally, you're just trying to get across that you're there for someone, you know? Um, and again, this is all of these. All of these are me talking to me, right? I'm not hearing my bloody soapbox telling you how to fucking handle death or anything like that. But I definitely found myself wasting times or in some cases not saying something because I th didn't want to be cliche. Like someone I kind of thought would be friend I hadn't seen in maybe a year and I didn't get in touch. And I'm like, why not I fucking just people love or not people love it. It, it can be very comforting. Uh, or in any capacity to hear from someone you haven't heard from in a while if it's, you know, if it's something like that, you know. And this is not even me coming from an experience of actually being on that side, you know. Um, but, you know, 
I know, look, whatever. I know, I know, I, you know, all I'm saying is that do say something even if it's cliche and all you're trying to do is just be there for someone. Because um, I fucking remember just today thinking, how can I make, like, <laughs> going, looking up poems about death and then been like, send them, send them a fucking poem. Send them a fucking poem. If you want to send them a poem, send them a poem. But don't be looking up a poem because you want your message about someone else's fucking uh, bereavement uh, to be the most original fucking, you know. Fucking wasted, wasted time. So don't be doing that. Just be there. Um, and you know what? In the same vein, uh, number, what are we on? 23. Uh, drop food off for people. And fucking, you'd be so surprised how happy it makes. I, we only realize that from having a baby and having food dropped off and not having to have, make dinners. You know? How much of a difference it makes just eating someone else's, <laughs> eating someone else's food. It's always lovely. And it makes just knowing that someone doesn't have to make a dinner. You know what I mean? So um, you can do that certainly in a bereavement situation. You can do it when someone has a baby. You can do that in a situation where um, anything, someone's birthday, drop them off fucking food in a dish. Mmm. <laughs> food. Mmm. And another one, 25. Um, bring fucking McDonald's to people's gaffes. You know what I mean? Bring McDonald's. You bring a lot of fries. People love fries. A lot of one euro hamburgers. You know? A lot of, um, it's a very cheap, uh, if you're past my McDonald's and you're going over someone's gaff. It doesn't. That you're not. You're not necessarily bringing dinner. That's a snack as well. I'm not sponsored by McDonald's. I know I've been talking about them a lot recently, but there you are. Just McDonald's. You forget that you can bring that as a snack, you know, rather than spending three euro on um, a big thing of um, a big thing of fucking I don't know tortilla chips or something. You can bring a load of fries. McDonald's is a, is a snack. Um, Twenty five. Doing karaoke during pre drinks guarantees guarantees a good night out. If you're having pranks, when things let up a bit and you're going out, do a bit of karaoke in the gaff, right? Get a bit of a sing-song going. It'll get the the blood cells pumped. I can't. I don't know the science behind it, but I know for a fact that when you do karaoke on YouTube, before you go out for drinks, it is going to be a fucking serious night. I guarantee you this, right? So do it. Um, 26, you don't realize this, right? But every single day you're ticking off about 20 boxes in the things that you do, right? Um, whether it's getting various tasks done, getting tipped back to emails, closing the loops on certain jobs. That's the last bit of correspondence you need to do with that. Dropping something off, picking up something. You are ticking boxes every single day. So if you were to write down them all, right, even before you do them, you would realize how much you've accomplished and you would also feel that sense of accomplishment. You would feel like you've done more. I found myself coming home thinking like I don't fuck all, but if I really had to t- kind of tot it up and you kind of feel like you're doing yourself a favor when you tot it up after the fact, you're like, oh, I did this, I did this, I did this. But if you actually wrote down those tasks, you would not only realize how much more you could get accomplished, but then you would also feel that sense of accomplishment. Just know, or even if you don't want to do that, right? Know that you're ticking off boxes every single day just by fucking living, right? Just by literally, if you're having to pick something up, even just fucking pick something up for your ma, right? If you have to, you know, drop someone off somewhere. If you have to go around and get something for someone else or something for yourself, you are ticking off boxes every day. You are accomplishing tasks. And if you do write them down, you tick them off, you get the satisfaction of ticking them off yourself. And also, um, yeah, I fucking just repeat myself. There you go. Um, right, number 27. Don't be getting fucking glasses. Don't be getting glasses in spec savers, right? Don't be going to spec savers. Don't be getting charged 189 euro for two pairs of fucking glasses that you didn't really want, but it was the only thing they had there. 
all this fucking shit. And then you look in the mirror and you can barely fucking see your own eyes because of the fucking glaze and them all. Don't be going to Specsavers, right? What I you can go to Acente, you can go to Optica. I've I've heard they're good, but what I always do is go into TK Maxx, find some cool frames, right? You can find designer frames in there. They're mad cheap sunglasses, right? You get the lenses out, you get them reglazed. I don't pay more than 60 quid for any pair of glasses that I get by doing that. Usually might pay 45 quid for the reglazing. There's various places online. I post about them before, right? You can find them there. Um, There's loads of places you can do it for like 40 quid to get brand new reglazed glasses or old glasses. If your dad's got a nice pair of sunglasses he doesn't use anymore, get them. Old Ray-Bans. Any sunglasses you don't use anymore, now you need glasses, you can reglaze it. Do it. There needs to fucking take away this fucking monopoly on spec savers in control of the, the, the fucking clothes for your face. And I tell you another thing, uh, subscription sunglasses, much cheaper than you think if you just shop around, right? Don't be doing it to the place that actually will sell you the, the lenses. Just find where they reglaze it and you'll be fine. Um, sorry, I'm out of breath here. 28, right? If you pay monthly internet <laughs> or mobile, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm still fucking banging this drum. If you pay on a, for your mobile or internet or TV or anything like that on a monthly basis, you have been paying thousands, thousands in your lifetime, especially if it's the same provider, right? That means they have to fucking move mountains for you. They owe you everything. Yes, you are just a number to them. But if you get them on the phone and flex the fact that, hang on, I have given you thousands across my history with you. They will do things for you. You do, The prices are not the prices, right? Especially when it gets to money like that. The prices are not the prices. It isn't like going into a shop and it's like, all right, how much is the Freddo? The Freddo price is on it. Yes, you can kick off. Yes, they're too expensive now. But you can't be going fucking bartering or fucking dealing around like that and spar. But when it's a service provider and you have a contract, you are actually, you can engage in a bit of discourse there so that you can just get shit for cheaper and then say to you, you're going to quit if they don't, you can say you're going to quit if they don't give it to you. They would lose thousands from you leaving and going to another service provider. Uh, so just keep that in mind. You have the biggest fucking cojones, brass fucking balls in this debate, right? So just know that. And whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't want to say debate is what I'm saying. Uh, number 29, lamps change everything. If you wonder why your mates got a nice mood in their gaff and you don't, it's probably because you leave the big light on, right? You're leaving the big light on. The big light is for your parents. Get rid of the big light. Get lamps. Get four lamps, right? There are four lamps, right? Or no, four lamps is too much. Get two or three lamps, right? And have them kind of spaced around the gaff. And get a nice kind of soft warm bulb a kind of a yellowy bulb they'll be getting a cold bulb they'll be getting a kind of blue light bulb okay get a nice warm bulb um you know enact the kind of scandinavian tradition of hig you know nice relaxed vibe in your gaff get some lights it's probably if there's a good vibe in your mate's gaff and not a good vibe in your gaff apart from the fact that i don't know you might have a better couch i don't know what's going on but listen just get better lights get lamps you know lamps and here's another one here's a bonus one i didn't even have written down have a music in the background means that if there's a lull in the conversation, you don't feel it immediately. Your heart doesn't fucking jump out of your chest out of fucking sheer anxiety because there's a lull in the conversation. Have something ticking away in the back. Just music in the back. You don't, you don't even need to... If you, Even if you have to strain to listen to what it is, having something tinkling away in the back. Lamps and music in the back, a good vibe make. Um, 
Actually, that'll be 30. This was a shite one I had. Frozen fruit, fruit and veg are grand. It was, it was that one. It was, it was number 31. No, that was number 30. So get rid of that and exchange that with music in the background, right? Um, number 31. If you want to figure out a better way of brushing your teeth, you have to know that you have to do it for two minutes, apparently, right? Electric brush and all that shit. I don't do that. I just do a normal brush. But if you want to keep the two-minute rule, make it like um, there's loads of songs. There's like playlists on Spotify that are two-minute songs. That, that just are just exclusively to, please please me is mine right by the Beatles so from so I listen to, I get to listen to please please me every night I'm gonna brush my teeth and it's two minutes and I know that I've done a good job and it's fucking long it's fucking long brushing for two minutes so keep that in mind um number 32 ask dumb questions ask fucking dumb questions if you're not asking dumb questions someone else is going to take advantage of you if you do not ask a dumb question if you're in a meeting and someone says something they say fucking like if someone's talking about fucking ppe right and it's not even in a meeting someone's talking about ppe everyone started talking about ppe and eventually you just have to be like what's ppe all right it's just a fucking gear it's masks and all right you're not dumb for not knowing what ppe is Someone had to not know what PPE was before they knew what PPE was, right? But if it's nothing like that, if there's like, you know, um, costs per thousand, CPT. Some people start saying CPT. Some start saying, you know, SEO. Some, all these, just fucking ask dumb questions. Otherwise, people are going to take advantage of the fact and they're going to get you to do things that you don't know what you're doing. This is not necessary from personal experience, but I definitely found myself in meetings, in jobs where I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 fine, yeah, yeah, that's fine, yeah, grant, grant, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not knowing at and about what I was saying. You know, you can always go back and say, you know, all right, I understand this and this. What's this? Okay, great. That's going to take me two days. That I'll get that back to you now. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. Like I used to have this sales director and he would just ask purposely. He was like, I might be really dumb, but I have no idea what you're talking about. You know? And then people realize that they're probably not communicating in the best possible way. You're not always dumb. Sometimes people aren't. You're never dumb. Just the communication isn't fully there for you to totally grasp what people are talking about. Um, again, I'm talking to myself here. These are all me talking to myself. Keep that in mind. If you can take any good info, info from this, then good. But these are the things that I would go back and tell myself. And the last one here, number 33, and probably the most important one. Just do a fucking one toke and then pass, man. Just do one toke, and then when it comes around in the circle, you can see how strong it was. And if you want to go back for seconds, right? Do not try and keep up with the lads who brought the weed. Do not try and do that. You, you know, you're not trying to impress anyone here. It will ruin your night. You will be sitting there not willing to talk to anyone for the whole night. <laughs> and you're a young, hot guy. You need to be out there dancing around, doing a bit of fucking karaoke, during pranks. Do not have a drag, an extra drag. Just have one light. <gasps> like kissing a little angel's booty. And then wait for it to come back again. And that's it. Those are my 33 fips. That I would give myself at the age of 23. Um, things that I haven't always applied. Do not always continue to apply. But uh, definitely things that I've definitely picked up. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Buy a thesaurus is another one. Number 34. Buy a thesaurus. Um, anyway. I hope you enjoyed that. I, might, I don't know if it was particularly funny. But uh, I can't fucking whatever. Fuck. I don't know. I, you're here on the Patreon. That doesn't matter. You fucking idiot. You idiot. You fucking muppets, you fucking, you fucking worms, you fucking, you any fucking shrivel. No, no money. Thank you again for your very kind continued support and for making this a spectacular birthday for me, the birthday boy, as I turned 33 today. Thank you very much for listening. 
I will see you on Tuesday. And then if you listen to Sexy Beasts, I'll see you on Wednesday. And then if you listen to the Bake Off podcast, I'll see you on Thursday. And then I'll see you back here on Friday on the Patreon. I love you. Goodbye.